Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Between the Lines, the podcast that deciphers the handwriting, unfolds faded pages, and dips into the details of diaries, logbooks, and letters written during this same week, there or thereabouts, in 1943, some 80 years ago. Let's start with a quick recap of the situation. This is the week that Operation Citadel begins on the Eastern Front, more commonly known as the Battle of Kursk. The aim for Germany was to pinch off the Kursk salient, a kind of bulge in the Soviet front line that stretched for about 150 miles from north to south and extended about 100 miles westward into the German lines. The German offensive sent almost 781,000 men forward alongside 2,928 tanks, attacking from both the north and the south at the same time. However, the Russians had foreseen that threat to the area for some time and countered it rapidly with just under 1.5 million men and 5,128 tanks. This has always been called the biggest tank battle of the Second World War. That's been disputed in recent years, but there was certainly a lot of armour involved, even if not quite as much as previously claimed. In fact, there was a lot of everything, troops, tanks, guns, and obviously vast defensive lines, three belts initially and a further four behind those, all created by the Red Army. The Germans barely got through. Kursk marks the last time the Germans tried to head eastwards into the Soviet Union, and it's July 1943. On the home front, however, the German air offensive is still having a devastating impact. This first week of July in 1943, an air raid killed 108 schoolchildren in an attack on East Grinstead. Let's stay in Britain and start this week by catching up with Veer Hodgson. It's been a couple of weeks since we heard from Veer, the young social worker based in Notting Hill. Here, her trip from London to Birmingham reminds us that life did go on as normal for many people, but there's also a real sense here that food rationing is now a constant concern. Thursday, 8th of July. 
Sent on lots of food for the three of us to the cottage before I left London. Journey to Brum was interesting with an amusing soldier. He came from Sutton Coldfield and was a physical instructor. He had many songs, but the only one I remember went, It's been a wonderful day, I've lost the missus, I've lost the train, and someone's stolen my watch and chain. Oh, it's been a wonderful day. Rather entertaining. Also, a young Air Force girl going to Stafford. She said it was the worst camp she had ever been in. She had joined up for the barrage balloon and she liked that, but they had taken the girls off them. Now she was on clerical work. The squadron leader would have done no work while she was gone away, and it would be hard work to catch up. She had to travel back all night and go straight on duty, and apparently the camp had black beetles which got in everything, and if you wanted a bath, you had to go at 5.30am or queue for an hour. But it was a grand life, and she wouldn't have missed it for anything. Nice type. Reached Brum at 130 There was a small bus. I got mother in somehow. Others were hanging on to the back. A dear little Shetland pony and trap met someone. Mother nearly took possession of it all. With difficulty I got her away, and it pounded up the hill behind the bus with a big load of children and luggage. I wish I could have hired it to take us about. Campton is full of cherry orchards. We hoped there were cherries left for us. I soon mastered the little gas stove. We had new potatoes, peas and beans, some from Bernard's garden. He has an extra dig for Victory Garden alongside a ruined cottage. We had onions and lettuce in western woods where we gathered wild strawberries. Then along, near a great manor house, we saw thousands of red poppies. Weather perfect. We sat on the grass near an ancient earthwork, looking over the country for miles. Glorious evening light. Ariel and Cecilia came one day. Mother had saved a tin of grade one salmon from a long time ago. It takes lots of points. I made a great trifle with red currant, sponge cake and custard. This for wartime England is sumptuous and it is amazing that on occasion we can manage. Bernard put on records for us in the evening. All very happy. We'll go straight out to the South Pacific next, where we find Major General Oscar Griswold right in the middle of Operation Toenails. The assault on Rendover and Viru Harbour is well underway. In this entry, Griswold mentions Wickham's Anchorage, a stretch of the east coast of the island rather than an inlet. It had next to no value for the Japanese, but it did provide the Allies with an important sheltered harbour that could support supply lines for the advance through New Georgia towards Bougainville. A good base for landing craft. 3rd July, 1943. Jap surface task force shelled Randova from sea. Apparently, casualty slight. Reports are that the Japs carried out a surprise heavy bombing and strafing of Randova Beach. I hear the casualties are heavy. Considerable opposition at Viru Harbor. Fight is still going on at Wickham's, Anchorage. No authentic news. 4th July, 1943. Reported about 275 wounded coming in. Casualties appear to be heavy. Opened the APO 709 today. That's the base post office. It is of native construction. Quite a nice building. Raised the U.S. flag. The most beautiful of any in the world. 
Captain Quigley and all his Navy staff called to pay their respects and to wish me, as the commanding officer, their best wishes, and to say all their concerted efforts were mine. A fine gesture. 5th July, 1943. Up early today to see that casualties from Rendova were properly received. Boat got in at 6.30 a.m. Very distressing sight. Wounded. Still living. 259. Dead. Two. Buried at sea en route. And nine missing. Let's check in very briefly with RSM Jack Ward and the 56th Heavy Regiment. Jack is resting and recovering, both physically and mentally. It's not that long since he was nursing a bullet wound, and the after-effects of injuries sustained in battle do linger. 7th of July. This is my last day at Karata Rest Camp. I'll be glad to get back. I've been on my back all day, just eating and sleeping. Very hot again. Haven't heard any news at all in the last day or two. Wonder what's going on. Went to Bougie again. Saw a good show given by our artillery group. Managed to purchase a pair of stockings after asking Madam for two of her coupons. She'll send them off when we get back to camp with some more lemons. Injured six months ago today. Jack's not the only lad thinking about the ladies. In Syria, Three Corps Signals has just finished supporting an intense series of schemes or exercises trialling various approaches for beach landings. By his own admission, it's somewhat out of character, but Corporal Harry Wilson has also been distracted this week. I have to admit, I'm also rather distracted too, but by something entirely different. He mentions a character I know only too well. I wonder if you'll spot who it is. Saturday 3rd, a swim and plenty of rest, with an evening show in the concert room. Sid Lewis and his swing stars. Smutty, even smuttier than the ENSA show. Girl students in the audience too. Sunday 4th, I was so aware of the Polish girl this evening. A lovely lady who had a paradoxical effort on me. Sending a warm glow through my veins and at the same time freezing me into silence. Monday 5th. One of the American teachers at the university sat at my table for breakfast. He was one of the adult Americans you see around occasionally, neither vain nor bombastic. So you're Irish, he exclaimed. I was wondering why I didn't understand you. And sure enough, before breakfast was over, he had laid claim to Irish blood in his veins. In the evening, one of the female ornaments in the restaurant, I can't call them waitresses, treated me to a long conversation. Barbara. I asked her the name of the girl I liked. It was Yanina. Barbara spelt it out for me. Yanina was in green this evening. How pretty she looked. Oh, Yanina. How is it I can talk to Barbara and not to you? Turns out Yanina was studying engineering and Barbara was studying biology and philosophy. She got a visa for Palestine at the outbreak of the German-Polish war. All very interesting. But I was looking at Yanina's emerald frock and I felt as if I had had been hoisted out of the world into a drowsy state of intense happiness. Tuesday 6th. Morning papers announced the death of General Sikorsky, the Polish Premier, who crashed in a plane at Gibraltar. Anything Polish interests me at the moment. Wednesday 7th. Over in the library I found two Shaw plays, Caesar and Cleopatra, and Man and Superman. I skimped the first, took the second out under my jacket. A very interesting play. But in the evening, a pale face smiled at me and a Polish voice announced, I am going to interrupt your reading. Yanina, I cried, astonished. 
You knew I liked her, and now I knew she liked me. I'm going to talk to you whether you like it or not, she said. Anne would have said that. Anne is the girl in the Shaw play, and I should have replied the way the man in the Shaw play did. Jack Tanner, he'd have known. Yanina meant to entrap me. He'd have said, I never feel safe with you. You and your devilish charm. He'd have run away, in fact, as he says. He became famous for running away. But I did not run away. Instead, I asked her about her name. It means Jeanette, and about engineering as a career. She spread her hands out, speaking with a rolling accent that's peculiar to Central European women. Engineering is real work, she said. I wish I could speak Polish, I said. She laughed. You go away tomorrow? I nodded. It's a great pity, she said, and my heart made such a bound that I wondered if she had noticed. I should have struck right then when the words were hot on her lips. While the door of our heart was ajar, I should have wedged my boot in. Thursday 8th. Joe Blackburn and Brian Birch had some news for me. News I didn't want to hear. There was to be a period of intense training. PT at 6.30am. Route marches, etc. All this increased my feeling of imprisonment in a web of military regulations. How I loathed Trecor. The thought of a war made me sick. And now I felt for the first time its steely unbreakable grip and inevitable mercilessness. And all because it came between me and a girl. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from Between the Lines in just a moment. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We'll stay in and around the Mediterranean for a moment. 
Time to rejoin Captain Bertie Packer as he's taking HMS Warspite along the North African coastline towards the inner reaches of the Mediterranean. The cat's out of the bag regarding his orders and what's to come, and it seems the ship's dog is getting a mention too. Friday, July the 2nd. All the way by the coast route, passing within sight of Bizerta, Cape Bond, the wreck of the havoc, then right into the coast to the end of the Marath line, and so all the time in sight of the places we have read about so much in our great offensive this year. What a journey. So far, not a sign of any enemy in the air, on the sea or under the sea. But we had shore fighters over us all the time. It is a lovely sight. Sunday, July the 3rd and 4th. Along the coast route, Benghazi, Derna, Tobruk, the able seaman, able dog, Pluto's hometown. So I had it piped. We are now passing Tobruk, Pluto's hometown. Past an enormous convoy of 32 ships westbound. It must be to do with Operation Husky. This evening opened envelope HON1, so now I'm in the know. All very exciting. To bed now, up at 0300 tomorrow, but well rested by five hours sleep last night. Lovely med weather with a blue sky, burning sun and a purple sea. Monday the 5th of July. At Alexandria. After many alarms and excursions, arrived 5th of July unmolested at Alex. Found that Adjutant Godfroy's Frenchman had at last left. Picked up my berth with some difficulty as it was not marked on the chart. Two anchors forward and drop astern to buoy between anti-torpedo baffles. Tricky work, an admiral complimented me on my handling of the ship. Very hot and sunny here, with a fresh breeze. Wednesday the 7th of July. Operation Husky. The tons of orders for Operation Husky are terrific and I'm trying to digest them. To preserve complete secrecy has been hard work. As soon as we were clear of the harbour I read Cunningham's message to the ship's company but was not yet allowed to give the time and place. Highlights included, We are about to embark on the most momentous enterprise of the war, striking for the first time at the enemy in his own land. Our objective is clear, to place this vast expedition ashore in the minimum time and maintain our military and air forces as they drive relentlessly forward into enemy territory. The safety of our ships and distracting considerations are to be relegated to second place, disregarded as the accomplishment of our primary duty may require. I pointed out that we'd travelled 12,000 miles and arrived just in time to play our part. A good effort all round. If all goes well, as it should, it is a big step towards Europe. Still, Germany has launched an offensive on Russia. Thursday the 8th of July. Westward along the North African coast to our rendezvous. No attacks, but our oiler Olegierds was hit by a torpedo a few days ago. Friday the 9th of July. D minus one day. At 0600 rendezvoused with the rest of Force H in the Ionian Sea. It was a fine sight. Four battleships, two carriers and twenty destroyers. And an oiler and four destroyers and later four cruisers. Guns stood up, looked around, surveyed the sea, and with a chuckle said, Mare Nostrum. Nobody interfered with us all day. At 0245 tomorrow morning, 
The landing starts. The anticipation is building in Italy. We get the sense that Colonel Dr. Wilhelm Maus is feeling a little anxious, and perhaps with good reason. He's still at Casino, and as it happens, the Allies do launch an air raid on the area at the beginning of July, but obviously not with the same devastating effect as the bombardments of 1944. But 14 Panzer Corps is picking up much better intelligence this week about what is clearly going to be a tough time ahead. Here's Dr. Maus. 4th July 1943. Casino. There was an air raid alarm against last night. Enemy aircraft flew over us, no doubt, but did not cause any damage. In contrast, the bombs are said to have been dropped in the Rome area, in Ostia especially. These aerial attacks are the most evil part of this war, because they spare no one and nothing. Kürznich and the city hall have been completely destroyed. High losses for the population. When will the German counter-strike come? The high numbers of downed aircraft alone do not help. There's gossip about special means. If they actually exist, may they not let us wait long. In other news, it is more interesting that a new uniform for the army has been scheduled. It seems very practical. It offers a collar and a necktie, and the jacket will be like the assault artillery uniform. The trousers will be long, while shorts are being introduced. The forage cap will have about the same form of a ski cap. The coat is being replaced by a kind of windbreaker with a hood. For cold days, there is a pullover. In the winter, we will have the impeccable winter uniform. 10th July 1943. The wheel starts rolling. The first bolts of lighting twitched from the gathered dark clouds. England and America were attacking. A large convoy from Malta heading north has seen yesterday. At night, one could see it stretched out in front of the Sicilian southern coast. The first landings will have taken place during the morning hours. Various small parachutes operations have occurred at the same time. England tells the oppressed peoples that the hour of liberation is at hand. Well, we will see. The 29 Panzerkreisindvision moved Calabria with speed reinforced by all means. We'll probably add the 26 Panzerdivision. I discussed evacuation for the wounded with Obert Satzblattschöver. This is most important. In doing so, I learned that the Lazarette from Germany will be moved forward for me. In addition, there will be a wounded relay service from the coast of Tyrrhenian Sea to Napoli. There is no longer any rest here in Casino. Everything presses toward getting to Gravia. To that we may be present with our divisions and intervene locally. A quick update from Lieutenant Heinz Nocker. Still nursing a hand injury the unfortunate effect of a stray bullet in a dogfight. July 4th, 1943. I'm supposed to have almost another week of leave, but I miss the airfield. The comrades, the planes, so I decide to return. Furthermore, I can possibly imagine the flight being able to carry on without me. Last but not least, all the exams are over, the wings have been issued... And Flight Lieutenant David Nairn Blythe is now settling into life as a fully fledged officer. It's quite telling how David feels the difference immediately. To reassure him, Julia Blythe, Ma, is still keeping him updated with all the news from the family back in Edinburgh. Incidentally, in her letter this week, she mentioned some wartime acronyms TTFN, KYCU, and BAGG. Tatar for now, we know, 
But if anyone has any ideas about KYCU or BAGG, well, we'd be happy to hear them. David first, and then we'll hear from Julia. 3rd July. Dear Ma, everything seems to be going very well at home. I don't think you've admitted news of anything in your correspondence. Although I've been an officer for a very short time, I've discovered that life is different to that in the ranks. As you know, I was always very comfortably off as an airman. But now, now my buttons and shoes are clean for me by a Batman. I have a good bed, good food, and more respect paid to me than usual. The respect is a bit shaking at first, because up to now, everyone above the rank of a certain rank has been my boss. Please don't think my nature is going to change because of this. If I was good enough to be recommended for a commission, then I'm good enough as I am now to hold that commission. I think that sums up the situation pretty well. Of course, officers have naturally to obey certain extra rules, but I'm sure I can cope with those. I assure you I won't stop here, but I will do my best to get a few more rings on my arm sleeves before I come out of the RAF. Thank you for all the cooperation you've always given me, and for supporting everything I've set out to do. How is Faze Tommy getting on? I was surprised to hear John's wedding being so soon after he had planned it for a later date, but when I read the rest of the story, I of course understood. I know it's a bit late news, but I'll try and send him a cable of congratulations. I haven't heard from John for a very long time. Of course, I haven't written to him either, but I suppose our work takes us in different ways. I hope everything at home is fine, Ma. Tell Gran to keep knocking them over the net. I'll bet Dad is still working as hard as ever. Love to all. David. 9th of July. Dear David, I've just received your aircraft with your new address. It isn't very clear, but here's hoping this arrives. By the way, the aircraft I received previously was dated 8th of June. I'm glad you had a good time on your leave and made some recordings. You must tell me what they were. It's funny how you always manage to realise your ambitions, although it takes time, and you did want to make a record of a piano solo. Well, how does it feel to be an officer? Have you got a uniform yet? You must have a photograph taken and send it on. Dad would like a picture. A snap will do me. I had a letter from Aunt Jean, and Joan had one too, telling of your second visit again. They say you are a gem, and they just loved seeing you and Frank. At the end of Jean's letter to Joan were some letters, TTFN, KYCU, and B-A-G-G. June says you forgot to say G-U-T-S, which apparently means get up them stairs. I am not sure about that, David. Well, I'm afraid you won't manage to visit them again, as I see you have gone to the coast now. They said the house was empty after you and Frank left. I hope you will like your new quarters and make some good friends. I feel proud to know that you have R-A-F after your name, and I know you feel that way too at present. Emma paid Gran a visit on Monday and showed her a photo of Christy and her husband. My goodness, David, she went out to Canada in April to marry a man she had never met. What a chance to take. Emma intends to go after the war. Joan is going to have a model plane made for you. I must go now, as she's waiting to send this for me. Everyone here is very well, though. We all send our love and hope you will continue your success. All the best. <laughs> 
まあ That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We do hope you found a little insight and were briefly entertained as we were reading Between the Lines. Between the Lines is a We Have Ways production. Julia Mar Blythe is read by Ruth Sillers. David Blythe is read by Matthew Malthouse. Oscar Griswold is read by Michael Lyons. Chester Hansen is read by Lance Fuller. Via Hodgson is read by Rachel Holland. Heinz Knocker is read by Lucas Veschler. Bertie Packer is read by Paul Waggett. Jack Ward is read by Adam Jarrell. Harry Wilson is read by Joel Emery. Narration is by James Holland and Al Murray. Editing by John Gill and Joey McCarthy. Written and produced by Merrin Walters. The executive producer is Tony Pastor. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii, okay? And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy, too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics U.S. wherever you get your podcasts.